It is great to have you on the Family Goals Podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel and Howes, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. In this episode, we discuss what relationship is top priority in life. Here's the conversation. Does this uh, annoy you when people talk about your motor? Uh, no. It used to it used to infuriate me when I was younger. Uh-huh. Um, and I always, I would always be like, I, yeah, I guess I did. I guess it's good to be known for that. But I don't know. I always bother. Like every awards banquet I went to when I was in college. So like, I, I vividly remember going to the Lombardi Award, and I vividly remember Tommy, the, the other guys that were with me, Tommy Harris from Oklahoma, and I remember just explosive, just big guy that just penetrates quick. Derek Johnson, speed, athletic ability. And they'd be like, Pollock, they'd be like, leader on the field, plays harder than anybody. And, and I was just, you know what? I'm athletic, does it, too. Does it bother you because they're talking about more your your attitude and not your athleticism? Well, it was, it was always that. It was always yeah. the, and you know, you, you talk about Julian Edelman and Wes Welker, and those are guys that are savvy, and Cooper Cup's savvy. You know, like, it's not athletic ability, and there's a code in there. You can figure it out, but, like, <laughs> I think it, it, it goes it goes through there. But coach on the field, all the euphemisms that you get used. But I, I started to, you know, it's funny because your coach, my coach just knew how to push my buttons with that. And uh, Coach Fab, I, I'll never forget, he was my defensive end coach. I walked in, I walked by his room, and I'd always say, hey. And he was watching, uh, he was watching cut-ups of special teams, and he was like, look at Thomas Davis. He was like, he's a 10 like 10 he's like a 10 out of 10 athletically he was like look at him change directions and run and then Odell came up next he's like look at Odell he's like he's a, he's probably a nine like he's just a nine five something in that range like these guys are just elite athletes and and I was like well what am I coach and he looked at me and he put the he paused the clicker for a second and he turned and he looked right at me and he's like five five press play <laughs> just press play just kept watching tape, and I was like, "I will slap you!" Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And, but it, and, it, and it, I practiced so hard, and just that day because I was so mad. And um, but that's that's the beauty of coaches know how to push your buttons yeah. and they know how to keep you dialed in. Um, they do a good job with it. And you and when you're young, you're oblivious and dumb. You have no clue what the heck's going and on. He and you, was, yeah. you take everything to heart, and some of my coaches did a good job with that. So, yeah, I get tired so, of that. So do you think you became? much better in college than you were in high school? Yeah, I think um, the, the thing that separated me from a lot of my peers were, because I was a three-star kid. That's, well, that's, you know, what, I wasn't, I, that's I wasn't, what I was thinking. Yeah, I wasn't overly recruited, but the thing that changed when I got to Georgia was um, I loved to work. And, and I vividly remember as a freshman, you know, going to, by the offensive line station a couple days in a row, and they were just whining about how – God, we got so and so many periods of, you know, 28 periods inside drill, this, this, and this. And after day three, I walked by as a true freshman. I was like, what else y'all got to do today? Like, we get to play football. And I think the way my parents, you know, handled me as a, as youth, as a youth was we just played. And, like, I didn't have personal trainers and didn't have a personal workout guy. And just when I got to Georgia, I was like, work is awesome. Like, this is really, really fun. And – so I think I, I was always a really good. You athlete. had more resources in college too. Yeah, the trainers, the coaches, more the, resources, the, the more access, better to, diet. Oh uh, yeah, more access to to information that would mm-hmm. help you. And then and then you get thrown in a pool with a bunch of different people that are, 
you know, you don't really have a cho- I didn't really have a choice. You know, you got a bunch of five-star kids and a bunch of athletic kid freaks that you look around and you see, you're like, because I, I, at Georgia, I was, or at Shallow, I'm the only guy. I'm 6'3", 275, and nobody moves like me. Nobody does that stuff. And then you go to college and like, Kind of that healthy competition. Well, you go, there's oh, yeah, there's a whole weight room full of people like me. Like, yeah. actually, I'm sorry, they're bigger, stronger, and faster. And so... It's almost like you didn't realize it could be that. Now now you're seeing something that it... Can be. Can be. Well, and, that's and what, you become like the people you spend time with. We talk a lot about yeah. that. Well, so. and, and, you know, that, that was my thing. To, KB texted me as soon as he went... No names. Sorry, honey. One of my, one of my high school players <laughs> texted me and said, hey... Thank you so much for, you know, getting me in the weight room with you. He's like, until I saw it, I didn't understand it. Mm. Like, because, you know, just beat beat the crap out of him in all the different things, whether it's box jumps and row machine and sleds and hard things. You don't realize what you can do until you can see it. If you look around your surroundings all the time, you're like, eh, I can beat all them in this, that, and that. Well, there's... Well, you don't have to try. There's so yeah. many more people out there that are working hard. Like, no matter what you think you're good at, there's people out there that are better. I mean, that's just the way, that's the way life works. Well, I think that's why, and I've apologized to Jolin for this uh, many times. For his athletic ability? Yeah, that he got it from me. But I think also you're, like, you're now seeing a lot of kids in the NBA or NFL or even Major League Baseball whose dad was in, we had Matt Holliday on on the show and his kid's number one draft pick. But they have such an advantage because their dad has already been to the highest level, and then they know what it takes. So it's a whole different ball game than. I think. Know. I think. I think that's twofold, though. I think you saw it from your dad, but the thing is, you also you, you're usually living a privileged or different lifestyle than your dad did. Like most people, like I had to grind. I didn't have X, Y, and Z. I think a lot of people. A lot of people conversely don't they they grow up in an atmosphere where they have everything and they don't necessarily want for much so they don't develop a hunger for things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think it's yeah. a I think it's a fine line. I think it's hard. Like I don't I also think that like what I can teach Nicholas the most has nothing to do with X's and O's. Like I don't sit there and watch tape with Nicholas. Me and Nicholas has never sat down and watched football games and broke down football games. We don't do that. Um, one of my buddies can't name a name again. One of my buddies asked me, asked me that like last year during the season, he was like, Hey, how much tape are you watching with him and teaching him? He's like, I'm, I'm sitting down watching tape with my son. And I was like, we've never watched tape. I was like, we don't, I was like, he didn't want to, he didn't have a desire to do that. I'm not like, Hey, come here, kid, sit down and learn this crap. Like, but you know what, you know what it's important to me is learning how to work. And I think that's what you learn. I think is when you have a dad that's doing it, like, LeBron has Bronny and those like he's seeing his dad work his tail off and you're seeing him put in the time in the weight room. You're seeing his body beat to crap and recovery and all the things. I think you, I think that's the biggest thing. That's, that's always been my thing with my kids. I want tough kids, man. I want tough kids. Like I want kids that, because life's going to be tough. No matter what is thrown at them, they're they're ready for the challenge. They're ready for whatever comes their way. I, I don't care about and, and I have to, re- listen, I have to remind myself, it's not about outcomes. I don't ca- I try not to care about outcomes. Like, and that's why I've always said to you and, and, and anybody who's listened to the podcast back in the early days is, you know, did you try as hard as you can? You know, I, I love you. Did you have a good attitude? I love you no matter what, whether you mm-hmm. score 50, whether you score five, you know. That's some good stuff. So today we're continuing our series, God's Design for the Family. So I want to lay out the design and the structure and then we're going to dive in talking about it over the next few weeks. So 
Ephesians chapter 5, God's Word lays out the order of priority and the family structure. And so it begins with God first, marriage second, kids third, and then I'm putting husband, father last. So the husband, father is the spiritual leader of the family, the servant leader. Like we're to lay our lives down for the family. So I think a lot, a lot of people get confused when you're saying the marriage is more important than the kids because there's, you're not saying you're better than them because the husband is last. Like you're laying your life down. And so this say those is the, again. Say those again. So God first, and that comes from Ephesians five. It talks about being imitators of God, and then it's marriage second, and then Ephesians chapter five talks all about the the marriage relationship, which we'll get into. Kids third talks about children obey your parents, which is the fifth commandment. And then husband, father, last, that we are the spiritual leader, that we're servant leaders. So we are the leader, but we're serving them. We're laying our lives down for them. So what I want to talk about today is that God is the center, that God has first place, the priority of the family. And we go back to the Old Testament. You know, you have, you have, the, you have the Ten Commandments, and the Israelites were wandering, and God wanted to give them some structure. They're wandering around in the wilderness. They don't know where they're going, what they're doing. They had been in Egypt for all of these years, and so they didn't they didn't understand how God wanted them to live their lives. And so God rolls out the Ten Commandments, and he does it with <laughs> lightning and thunder. and Like, he, he got their attention. Yep. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses reminds the Israelites of the Ten Commandments. I just want to summarize them real quick. So... <laughs> Summarize them. Summarize the Ten Commandments. Teaching a lot of people for the for the first time. A lot of people that don't know that. Okay. I, mean, I went through in Sunday school with the kids not too long ago, and I'm like, "How many of y'all know the Ten Commandments?" And not a single kid in there knew all of the Ten Commandments. They knew about three or four of them. So, I think it's good. To, well, this is a good place this, to start. It's a, a good this thing to a, hit. This, this is, a, is a, a good good thing to hit for sure. So, I'm summarizing them: no other gods, no idols, don't swear. Honor the Sabbath, obey your parents, don't commit, ad- don't commit murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet. So the first four commandments have to do with our vertical relationship with God. And then the last six are the horizontal relationships with people. So, so God begins establishing his relationship with his people, and, and of course, that flows down to us, the Christians in the New Testament. He says, he's to be first. There shall be no other gods before me. God is first. We're not first. Our spouse is not first. Our kids are not first. Our job or career is not first. Money's not first. Our happiness is not first. God is first. He wants to be king, Lord. Like, like he is supreme. He, he is above all things. He wants to be first place. He wants us to worship him, you know. And what and what that means is when you have a relationship with God and when you're pursuing Jesus, I mean, all this other stuff is going to, the way you look at all the other things are going to change. I mean, if we're pursuing him, like we're not asked to kind of, we're not asked to kind of share our faith. Maybe if you get a chance, if I can fit it in your schedule. Like that's not, that's not what Jesus, we're not asked to put, like Jesus is very clear on who, who putting other people first. We're not, it's not, these aren't suggestions. So I think if you're, if you're following him, you have a relationship with Jesus, you're growing yourself 
and you're expanding yourself and you're making yourself so much better at all those other things. Like to be a great husband, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if my relationship is really, really strong, I'm going to immediately become a better husband. It doesn't work the other way. If, If I'm being a great husband, that doesn't make me a better follower of Jesus. Right. So I think that's why it's important. Those relations, those vertical relationships yeah. are making every, all the horizontal ones better. Oh yeah. And so God is the, if you look at your life as, and, and we do this with sharing the gospel, but typically most people have themselves on the throne of their lives. Like everything, like they're on the throne, they're calling the shots, they're driving the car and everything kind of revolves around them. But we put Jesus on the throne. God is the center and now everything in everything in life we're trying to glorify him. So so our, our marriage, our kids, our family, our job, our community, our sports, like everything we do, he is at he is at the center. Everything revolves around our relationship with him. He wants to have first place in our lives. And so so that's where it starts. That he wants to be first in the family. And so if you go down to Deuteronomy five twelve. Says to honor Lord, this is the fourth commandment. Honor the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as to the Lord your God has commanded you. And so he he gives us the the model and, and the example. How do we put him first? Well, one of a, a very practical way we can do that is to honor God with the Sabbath. We give him the first day of the week. And it's the whole idea that God can do more with our six days than we can do with our seven days. So it's just the principle of the first. God wants the first day. I mean, so how do you do that now? Well, no, number one, you worship, you come to church on Show Sundays. Show up at church. Like, you, like that's the easiest thing to do. And, and also that communicates to your wife. It communicates to your kids. Like, hey, we're giving God the first day of the week. We're setting this aside for him. It's, it's, it's the, the law of priority. But he has the first day, and then he's going to bless the other six days. Well, and I think that's, I think that's what you see if you make church a priority, I think that's what you see in your family. And I think that's what you feel in your, in your own life too. If you, if you're fine, if you found the right spot for you, I think what you'll feel, see is you're going to go sit down and you're going to get music and you're going to get a sermon and your week's better because of that. Like that's, that's the point. Like if you come in there and sit down and you really absorb and you listen and you start to apply some of the teachings, you, you're going to start to, uh, start to accomplish some of these steps we're talking about, your, your life is going to grow. Your life is going to get better. What else does it do? It brings it to the forefront of your mind. So when I'm thinking about this week and I'm attacking this week, I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking I'm, my priorities are lining up correctly and I'm going to continue to keep a priority. Because I got, for, for me, having Sunday, having Wednesday to refocus again. Like sometimes we get busy. I do too. I, you, get, you do too. We get busy and sometimes we start to slide a little direction. We start to not pay attention to things as much as we should. And then I'll get in church and you'll, you'll do a sermon and it'll slap me upside the grill, you know? And, I, and it reminds me like, dude, you're, you're kind of going the wrong direction here. We're sliding this way. We need to start tilting back this way. So I think that's what church will do for you. It'll, it'll prioritize your life and it'll give you those nudges in your life of where you need to kind of tighten up a little bit. Yeah, so it communicates to your family, communicates to your kids that, that God is important, God is first. But then what happens when you come to church, to your point, the worship music speaks to you, the message speaks to you, but then also you're around the right group of people. You're around other people that are putting God first. Your kids are around other kids who are putting God first. 
and those are the kind of people that you want your family around. You're doing life together. Now, now you mentioned Sunday, Wednesday. You know, back in back in the day, everything revolved around the church. You, know, you yeah. used to have these downtown churches. There would be no sports on Sundays. There would be no sports on Wednesday nights. There's so, so many challenges these days. Uh, I was talking to another friend yesterday, and I'm not going to mention any names either, but he even played sports at church. Like, they had, you know, they had church leagues, you know, basketball and softball and baseball, all this stuff. So his whole life revolved around the church. Well, now we're going in so many different directions, and th- this is a huge thing I want to talk to you about because I've been, I've been talking to all of these parents that have a different view on whether they should make their kids come to church or not. So, so question for debate okay. is, I like debate. should a parent make their kids come to church? And I'm talking like teenagers. Like should... High school? High school. Because what I, we I, see in the church is a lot of the kids, you give these strong middle school ministries. And then high school, they're gone. And the kids fall away. They, yeah, they, and, they and fall we, away. And we see that with our with our middle school group being 100 kids and, you know, being huge. And then high school, you know, you might have 30 in a class, 40 in a class, like we did with our ninth grade, and it dwindles down to, you know, a handful of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so should, should parents make their kids go to church? Well, he, here's here's what my answer to that would be. The Pollux will. Because that's what we do. Like, I don't care what you do Saturday night. Like, I don't care what time you went to bed. I don't, I don't know. Everybody's rules are going to be different. My house my, is going to be when you're going to be in our house at this time. And whatever you chose to stay up late doing in the house or whatever you chose to stay up late choosing will we'll be in church. So that this is what we do. This is what mommy does every week this is what daddy does every week this is what you're going to do you're not asking them to do something you're not doing i'm not asking you to do anything i'm not doing and i'm not asking you to come because you're going to come that is the way and again how do you make that easier how do you make that a no decision how do you make that that's something you implement when you're young if you implement Mm. this when they're young like i don't even think nicholas and leah think about it like we like get it's up not on, even an option. It not absolutely become. isn't yeah. an option. Just like when you introduce a phone to your kids, if you have hard, fast, strict rules, mm. they don't know any different of how they how they are to use a phone. That is what they've been taught to. That's how we do it. That's how in our household these are our rules, and this is how we do our things, and this is how we handle a phone. So I, I don't. That's not negotiable for me. That won't be. That won't be negotiable. Listen, you choose whether you pay attention. I mean, I, I, Pastor Jay puts me to sleep sometimes. I get it. I mean, I, I get it, son. It's not that great. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm just kidding. When we're talking about Jehovah Mekadishkum. <laughs> yeah, what? God bless you. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think that for us, that will be... So really, for each family we, has got to decide for themselves. Every family... Okay, let me ask you a question. Those same people you're talking to, I bet you they have non-negotiable Mother's Day stuff that they go to. I bet they have non-negotiable yeah. things that they're like, we're going to do this. Well, Sundays should, shouldn't be negotiable. Those are the day, that's the day we're going to go to church. Now, here's one thing I'll say. I, I, I do agree with this. I do like this, actually. And this is depending on how many tournaments and how many things you do. So I, I'm okay if you did this. I'm okay if you said, hey, Nicholas, you're 14. You got a baseball tournament this weekend, you know. Sunday, obviously, we'll be playing some baseball. You know, 
do you want to go to church on Sunday? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to be okay with that. Like a couple of days, uh, not all the time. I'm, I'm not going to do all the time, but sometimes putting the ball in their court and saying, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, you got baseball. You, you okay. You want to go to church or do you want to go to baseball? And if he says baseball, I, I would be okay with doing that occasionally during right. baseball season. Again, we have five tournaments for our team. That's what our team does. That's what we're going to do. But that's strategic too on the team we're on and right. what we do. Sure. We, we're, we're, we're prioritizing. And, I, and I think that's fine. Like, on occasion, you're going to miss, but it's not the norm. No. But I, you know what I love? I love seeing kids showing up for church. In their in unis. In their uniform. Yep. Going straight to the going game. Going straight to the game. It's like that family is making church a priority, and that, that communicates the world to those kids. Again, if whatever we're prioritizing in their life, whatever that we deem the most important things is, is not things that are going to be lost on them. Like if church is something that is, if sport is something that's continued to be prioritized over church, you are communicating to your child that sport is more important than God. Like, and, and I don't, I don't say that lightly, but that's right. what we're, that's what we're showing them. If Wednesdays were continually to miss church because of sport, if weekends we continue to miss church because of sport, you don't have to say it. And you might not say it out loud, but what you show your kid is church is on the back burner. Sports is more important. I got practice. I can't miss practice. Really? You can't miss practice? I mean, we're talking about practice. Practice, man. <laughs> Throw some AI in there. That'd be great. But that, I, I think we. Well, what, what their argument would be well, we're not putting sports over God. We're just, we're just putting sports over church. But we, and, and, and I've heard guys make this argument, you know, we, we pray before the game. Oh. You know, we, we do a little bucket talk or, or whatever before the game. And that's so what... God, you know, God's still the most important. We just, you know, we're, we're having church out of the ballpark. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing is, um, we, we do the best job in this world of lying to ourselves and convincing ourselves of things. But let me ask you a question. Is it really, really, really clear to your child What's most important when you step your butt in church? Is there any confusion? Is there any confusion? It's crystal clear. Is there any confusion if Nicholas Pollock is in his uniform and we walk our butt in church? And by the way, last Sunday we had, we had basketball. We're in church. We, we left the church service at 12. Like usually we, we're a little bit later than that. Usually we get run a little bit later and last week, especially and it was an awesome week. I wish we could have stayed a little bit longer. We left a little bit early. Like, cause we had basketball to go to, but there is no confusion with your kid when you physically go to a building and show up like, yeah, we can give them a devotional. We absolutely can give them a devotional. We absolutely can take time to, to pray, which are great things, but I don't think there's any confusion whatsoever when you're physically making them stand in the bill or step in the building. I think it, it, it puts an exclamation point on exactly what you're doing. So Okay, so church is a priority for the for the Pollock family, but what about the other things? So you mentioned Wednesday night students. Yep. So, so, so I think different families. So one of the things I'm hearing with families recently is they're giving their kid a choice. They're saying, "Well, you can either come on Sunday morning, or you could go Wednesday night." Like you kind of do do one or the other. Now, now, Joel and my son, he's almost 26 years old. <laughs> But we, our philosophy was he goes to everything. 
he's going to come to church with us on Sunday morning. And we used to have three services here, and so we would have three, you know, three services on Sunday morning. Then he would go Wednesday night. Then he was in discipleship group on Friday morning. He went to surge. He went to weekend retreat. He went on summer camps. Like, like he did everything. That that was our philosophy. Now that's some of the some of the parents' philosophy is, hey, they're doing everything. But but what I'm hearing with some of, some of the parents, they're saying, well, if you come on Sunday morning, like say some of, some of our churches have like small group on Sunday morning for, yeah. for the students, yes sir, like a discipleship. So if you if you come on Sunday morning, well then you don't necessarily have to come on Wednesday. They're kind of giving them a choice. What are your thoughts on that? We don't I mean, have a choice. I mean, but again, I think that's that's not, you know, it, it, it's kind of the way of our world, right? Like we're always we're always given choices. We're always, you know, if we do this, we don't have to do this. But I, I just, again, I don't think we're gonna again that whatever they're whatever whatever else they're choosing and doing, what's the impact on their life? What's the long-term impact down the road on their life? Like, can you can you miss and go serve and go do things that are good? Sure, you can, absolutely, 100%. But if you're missing for sport, that 100%, by the way, not, not 85, not, not 75, 100%, that sport is going to be gone from their life. It's just a matter of when. Everybody will, will, will give it up. If, if it's sport, like, is that what we're prioritizing over over church over a relationship like i i can't i can't justify that i, I can't yeah. justify that every wednesday now listen again we miss church occasionally okay like we will miss occasionally so i don't want to act like we don't ever miss but you know and, and wednesdays for us is difficult because track meets basketball games and, and a lot of times high school baseballs on wednesday nights oh yeah and a lot of times we we have shown up in uniform stinky you know, from a game and, and gone to the last 15, 20 minutes. And we go just so we realize that our kids understand, like we wanted to be there. We, we couldn't, but we still showed up for what we could show up for. Um, again, if we always give them, you know, if we always say we do this, I want my kids, the more opportunities my kids get to hear the Bible, the gospel, the more opportunities my kids get to praise and worship, the more opportunity my kids get to get around other kids that are praising and worship and hearing messages and stuff to me that's a win yeah i want to find as many of those as i can because you know they're going to continue to get busier and life's going to get busier and busier but our goal is definitely going to be how many times can you hear it yeah how many times can you're you're laying that foundation you're laying that foundation for the for the rest of their lives yeah that that absolutely will be used And, and and by the way you said jolin had to do this had to do that you know what else is really good? It's really good that our kids do things they don't want to do. Our kids need to do things they don't want to do. Our kids need to serve. Our kids need to realize that this world ain't about them. And listen, me and Lindsay are always looking for those opportunities because our kids got great lives and easy lives. And we're talking about this summer. You know, Nicholas is going to have football in the morning, basketball in the afternoon for high school. And it's going to be busy as crud. But we're like, where can we find places for them to go serve and put other people above them? You know, Jolin had to do that on weekends. Mm-hmm. This ain't about you. Like, sometimes for your family, this ain't about you. We got to do things for her. We got to do things for mom. We got to do things for dad. I think that's a, I think that's a healthy thing as well. Like, we, this world doesn't revolve around just you and what you want to do and your priorities. Sometimes you got to suck it up and you got to do things that are best for us. 
that are best for our family. Mm -hmm. We're all going in this direction. Things are going to pull us away, but in the end, we're all going this way. Yeah. I love I love everything you're saying, and I th I think each family's got to figure it out for themselves. You know, my family, your family, we're we're all in on everything, and and but I think the most important thing with families is you got to have God at the center. He has to be first priority, no matter what. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. God comes first. He is Lord over our lives. He is king on the throne, and he is supreme over everything else. Deuteronomy 5 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. It's plain and simple. If you want to have a good marriage, chase after God. If you want to be a good parent, love your spouse well. And if you love your God and you love your family well, you will serve them by putting yourself last. If you found this episode helpful, encouraging, or entertaining, please let us know by subscribing to the podcast or by writing a review. You can also reach us on Instagram or Twitter at Family Goals Pod. Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals Podcast, and we'll catch you next week.